Want convenient banking features like mobile check deposit? Whitney Bank's mobile app has you covered. Start by opening your checking account online at HancockWhitney.com. Then download the app to bank anytime, anywhere. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. From Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. This isn't an easy time to be in the business of print or broadcast journalism. Between the competitive pressures posed by the Internet and the hue and cry against the fake news media, you have to wonder why anyone would want to be in the business at all. No money, no respect. Is it worth it? My guests today have some unique insights on the subject. Rolf McAllister is the owner of Louisiana Business Inc., a Baton Rouge-based company that publishes the Baton Rouge Business Report, 225 Magazine, and In Register, as well as dozens of special publications for contract clients. Rolf is also the consummate entrepreneur. He founded the Business Report, the company's flagship publication, in 1982 when he was just 26, and he still writes an influential and often controversial opinion column in each bi-weekly issue. In the interest of full disclosure, Rolf also happens to be my employer, but that doesn't make him any less interesting of a guest. So Rolf, thanks for being here today. Glad to be here. Jim Engster is one of the best-known media figures in Baton Rouge. He is the president and owner of the Louisiana Radio Network, which produces and distributes news content to dozens of affiliates throughout the state. He also produces and hosts two daily radio shows, Talk Louisiana on WRKF and The Jim Engster Show on 107.3 FM. He's also the owner of Tiger Rag Magazine, the self-proclaimed Bible of LSU sports. Jim got his start in journalism as an LSU student in the late 1970s. He's been affiliated with the Louisiana Radio Network since the 1980s, and he acquired the network in 2010. And on top of all that, Jim is a political analyst for WAFB-TV, due in part, no doubt, to his encyclopedic knowledge of local <laughs> politics and state politics. So, Jim, thanks for being here. Thank you, Stephanie. Rolf, okay, so newspapers are dying, attention spans are getting shorter, and nobody wants to read anything long and boring and complicated. So what is the appeal of the business report? Well, I think the idea when you say newspapers, everybody kind of lumps print. And, you know, I think there's a difference between a daily newspaper and magazine specifically. And that's where if you look at our uh, group of publications, we've always gone for a niche. In fact, when we started Business Report, you know, the daily was here, of course, and very strong. And in fact, two dailies, Morning Advocate State Time. But, you know, business was always an afterthought. You know, uh, on Sunday, you could find it in Section D, about <laughs> five pages back behind the grocery ads. Now it's about Section J. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it got no respect, I guess. But we saw a trend around the country, and it was sort of like Wall Street Journal was all business for the nation and so business journals were you know putting business on the front page and that's basically what we did and it's it's not a mass media you know it's it's very targeted media and uh, you know much like you see on the the magazine racks if you like golf is a golf magazine fashion magazine fashion tennis magazine food magazines so our deal is about being in niches and going deep into the subject 
sometimes more in depth and all that because the who, what, where, when you can get anytime instantly. And in fact, that's why we have the daily report twice a day and with alerts because people won't wait. Now you um, didn't start out wanting to be a journalist. You no, no, I'm not. Yeah, I wanted to be a, a lawyer, and actually, I got into. Uh, my dad had had the North Baton Rouge Journal years, many, many years ago. He started when he was 19 and sold that, and then went off to become a lawyer. But uh, yeah, so I just found it very fascinating. I, I love a variety of interest, and the news changes every day, and you know, stories, and you can really have an impact on the community. But if you're curious, as I was, you know, a good story is just hard to pass. And sure. so, you know, I love being in the know and everybody <laughs> wants to know first. And, and that's uh -huh. sort of what drives the Internet now. And it's like speed sometimes can be a, a detriment, I guess. So. Well, Jim, is that what attracted you to journalism? Did you grow up wanting to be a reporter? I know I did. Well, I grew up listening to the radio, uh, primarily ball games. And uh, I was an only child. Uh, my father died when I was young. My mother worked. And I probably heard Jack Buck's voice doing St. Louis Cardinal games more than any other voice during my youth. Fascinating. I, I'm sure it had an impact in the direction I took. What has been your most interesting interview of all time? People ask me that, and you really have to categorize them, but uh, one of the most interesting interviews I did was with uh, Immaculate Ilogiza. She's been here a few times. Now, she was uh, trapped in a 12-foot room with seven other women during the Rwandan Holocaust. And uh, when she got out, she was about 60 pounds. She couldn't talk, you know, otherwise they would be found and killed. But all her family members were killed, and yet she rose above that tragedy and has become uh, one of the most eloquent people on the planet, and that really shows something yeah. about the human spirit. Wow. Mm. How do you find the content? I mean, to fill two shows a day right now, <laughs> three hours worth of interviews in, let's face it, a town that's big, but not that big. Yeah, but Louisiana is a great place to cover news. We have 1.4% of the national population, but we generate far more than 1.4% of the national news. Quite often it's not good, but sometimes it is, and we have certainly things in our world that uh, are fascinating not only to us but to other people, and we have a lot of characters. We breed a lot of interesting <laughs> people, and m most of them are willing to come on the air and talk about what's happening. That's fortunate for you. <laughs> All right, I want you all to tell me about the, the business models of your companies. Jim, explain the Louisiana Radio Network mm -hmm. produces news content that goes out around the state to FM affiliates, AM, uh, public radio? What well, about 70 affiliates uh, carry our programming. We do news and farm programming and sports. And uh, with people curtailing their news staffs, we provide a news product for stations large <coughs> and small across Louisiana at uh, little cost, in fact, no cost to them. The, the benefit for us is that we receive inventory uh, in return for providing them with the product, and we're able to package it and sell it as a statewide entity. So, we're so your money comes from the ad revenue, correct, not from the stations paying That is you. correct, and we're looking for clients that have a statewide footprint. You know, like uh, somebody who was based solely in Baton Rouge wouldn't be as good of a client as somebody who was doing business in Baton Rouge and the other major markets or, or uh, rural markets. Mm -hmm. We're everywhere. There's probably no speck of dirt uh, in Louisiana where our programming cannot be heard. Now, Rolf, you're not statewide, but you certainly have the Baton Rouge market covered. Started with the business report, but now have several publications. Again, going back to the niches, uh, you know, being trying to be very strong in, in that particular target audience, you know, with in register, it's home delivered, focused primarily on 
lifestyle and, and a strong women's readership. Uh, we also have um, 225, which is, of course, more of an entertainment uh, city mag that we have. Those are more for the consumer, B2B with business report, targeted business owners. We have a publication, 1012 Industry Report. You know, goes from Lake Charles all the way to New Orleans down the 1012 corridor, focused on industry. So, you know, a lot of those things, because they're local, it's hard to, for the national to, to, to touch it because the idea they can't afford staff to cover local news. And uh, there again, because of that, it's not a commodity. So everybody doesn't have it. So again, the readers in those organs, you know, this is the source to get that type of news. And of course, with Daily Report, which ironically, uh, with all the, the rise of digital, that was started 19 years ago. That's incredible, isn't it? As a, as a daily yeah. e-newsletter. And uh, that, of course, allows us the opportunity now to get into sectors to where we can have audiences, much like radio, every day. Okay. You can access, you know, and advertise, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, you know, uh, for, for four, four weeks out of the month versus us having started as a monthly then becoming bi-weekly but only having two issues. So uh, it gives us more product, uh, you know, it gives us more niches. Again, it's all hyper-local, which again, others, national sites and stuff really can't provide local news. And some of the publications are free, like 225. Some are subscription, like Business right. Report. How do you know which one's going to work? Well, the different models. I mean, the, the city magazine, we've top, you know, you always have the alternative papers that you've had in cities. They're all rack distribution, free distribution. So that's one model. Uh, the others, we'd go to a controlled circulation, again, a targeted requester for postal rates and, and subscriptions. And, and now the media, I think one of the things that I see happening around the country is the paywall because, you know, everybody, everything was on the Internet was free, so everybody gave it away, and then they realized, whoops, you know, we're giving mm -hmm. it away. Uh, why do they need to buy the, the daily paper if you can get it online? So there are people now going to a paywall where you get X number, the New York Times, the Washington Post. You get a couple free. But then, Jim, <laughs> freeze up, you know, if you're halfway through the month and some sell by the articles, some sell subscriptions. So I think you're going to see some changes there because, again, you have to have a model that, you know, that pays for itself. So, I mean, I, I just know that it's, it's crazy, the speed and the rate at which you have to be changed and trying to keep up with what's going on. And, I mean, you just can't relax for two seconds. How are you all coping with it? And I mean, at Louisiana Radio Network, radio faces the same pressures that print does in a different way. It does, and uh, studies uh, have, have shown that uh, more people listen to the radio than any other medium. Really? Over 96% of the people, and I'm talking traditional radio too, I'm not talking satellite radio. More people listen to the radio than watch television or read newspapers or magazines, but it's not a shiny new thing. It started in 1920, and everybody is looking for the shiny new thing. And I know of nobody who's adapted better to the times uh, in this world than, than our world than Rolf. Uh, he's got uh, the Daily Report, as you mentioned, 19 years. Uh, in addition to 225, which really is the model for magazines that are free distribution mm -hmm. and advertising uh, pays the freight. But we're doing that with Tiger Rag, which is subscription and free distribution with Tiger Rag Extra. And uh, I must say that uh, I was inspired by your success with 225, that that uh, told me that there was a, a niche in our community for an LSU sports publication. Yeah, so tell us about Tiger Rag, because you acquired that a few years ago, and it is the self-proclaimed Bible of LSU yeah. sports. 
Well, we benefit from being the only publication devoted to LSU sports. Everything. No Everything the is LSU athletic sports. athletic side as well as the fun and, side. Yeah, and, and we cover board meetings and, and things that involve the business aspect as well, but it's primarily a, an LSU sports publication. I've been writing a column for them since 1985, and when I started writing a column, I had no idea that at one point <laughs> I would be the proprietor, but but I, I like the fact that we have this presence in our community. That's great. And it goes out all over the country. It, yeah, we have subscribers, I think, at last check in 45 states. <laughs> because so people the, the, love their LSU sports. And, 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 you know, the LSU Alumni Association, they say their biggest turnout when they have these alumni events is in San Diego <laughs> because they've got a lot of LSU grads in California. And, and when you're in a place where you don't get that constant information, you're thirsting for it. And, and a lot of our subscribers are in places like San Diego and Los Angeles. Fantastic. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Jim Engster of the Louisiana Radio Network and publisher Rolf McAllister of Louisiana Business, Inc. So I mentioned at the beginning about the, the fake news media and the, the credibility issues that the media has today, thanks in part to our president and to organizations like Fox News, which have branded the rest of the mainstream media as incredulous for some reason. But, Rolf, I mean, how does this affect business and, and how do we gain trust back? it is really um, disconcerting to see just, you know, one hand, it's great to have access so everybody can use the internet, it's wonderful free speech, but the stuff that goes out sometimes is just, you know, like I said, uh, just astounding to me. Uh, and, and, and for the reader, it's hard to distinguish sometimes, you know, it's all on the internet, it's all posted on Facebook, it's all on Twitter. So it's like, now there's your Twitter and there's the president's Twitter, okay, now, you know, separate mm -hmm. the two or a news source and so that's where I think the idea of hopefully it's going to get back to where what's the source mm -hmm. and, and those brands and all that you know I gotta be able to trust something and you know what can I trust I mean I have friends that forward me emails you know that are one of these that you see that's a scam you know I'm going why are you sending me this well did you see they're going to release all the cell phone numbers and it's like <laughs> no that's not true but they're like well I didn't check it I just got it from here and I passed mm -hmm. it on and so this is the kind of thing that I'm thinking, again, how the Internet has, has become so powerful, uh, but where is the, where does it pull back? You know, mm -hmm. is everything free? No, everything is not going to be free anymore. You know, what's going to be, you know, trusted and what isn't going to be trusted? How can you tell the difference? Because, uh, you know, people are, are turning to them, and they, they definitely keep that phone in their hand, I mean, the and they look at it. the problem is that people no longer trust institutions. There's no single unifying institution that people trust, right? I mean... I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, that's uh, true. I think from the presidency on down is that we have a different perception about that than we did before. And uh, some of it may be attributable to what's going on in the media. Anybody can be a reporter now. And, yeah. and as uh, we've seen, a lot of the stories are not, they're not true. And uh, I think most of the stories that we read in the mainstream publications and see on mainstream network television and radio, they are true. And, and the president knows that, but uh, he's been able to use Manipulate. this fake yeah. news uh, mantra mm -hmm. uh, against his enemies. I, I spoke with Dean Baquet on our show on WRKF earlier this week, and he said that um, you know, the president is actually one of the most accessible people they've ever encountered as far as returning phone calls and 
talking to reporters, and at the same time, he's providing this unusual access. Remember that press conference sure. a few weeks ago with the New York Times reporters? Mm -hmm. He's out there on the stump blasting the so-called fake media. It's such a paradox. Because mm -hmm. it plays well to his base. audience, his base. Mm -hmm. And right now, his base is uh, what he has. Uh, now, that may change. You were only six months into his term, but right now, his base is his salvation. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, for instance, you know, you have many news organizations that actually use video from citizens. Mm -hmm. So they send it in and they're able to say, hey, here we have a video, which of course gives it credibility. Then you have other people that take a video and post it. It's like, wait a second, if it was good enough for the news, why can't, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, can you have it both ways? Because then people are putting up stuff. And so it's in back to that distinguish. Now we know the hopefully the news stations are vetting it and so forth before they put it on. But, you know, one of the problems I think the, the traditional media had was during the election to miss the election, you know, yes. as far as who won so bad that they weren't doing the reporting and tapping into what was happening across the country. So you would say, you're going to get the story right. And they didn't. And so now it's like, well, can we trust you to get the story right? Because you're out of touch. And I think that really hurt a lot of folks and was it a question if they weren't doing their job or they just wanted a different outcome and they wanted to, you know, boy, mm -hmm. I don't know, but I mean, I think that was a big setback. Do you all find that the credibility issues have any impact on sales? Are there any advertisers in this market that say, I don't want to be in the business report or on Louisiana Radio Network anymore because I don't like the media anymore? I don't think that's the case. That's Not good. yet anyway. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it could be come the case, but I'm sure there are people who uh, advertise in a certain place because they enjoy the product. Mm -hmm. And right now we're, we're in an environment where some media entities now have a political ideology attached to it. Like MSNBC is known as the liberal cable network and Fox is the conservative. And as a result, that, that affects who they're going to get or not receive as sure. an advertiser. Mm -hmm. I think that's more about the audience that they tracked. You know, if you're trying to look into the demographics, if that's what they're watching, then you get on. I think sometimes there's an affinity by the particular advertiser, but for the most part, a business is business, and you know, you're not, you know, you might avoid it for a while because you're upset or whatever, but after a while, you know, you're, you're there in business to, to be successful, and so hopefully you don't cut off your nose to spite your face. So you all both have multiple products, speaking of business, that you're selling. A limited market here and everybody's knocking on the same doors and you've got a couple of sales staffs, three or four sales staff selling publications. How do you how do you keep from cannibalizing your own, you know, um, advertisers there and, and what's the key to you know, how many times can you go to Turner Industry or to Again, yeah, Michael Holmes Hotel. Yeah, again, again, it's back to niches, you know, uh, if if some of our advertisers that may want all three audiences they want the in-register, they want to do five audiences, the younger audience, they want, you know, a business report. And so we have some advertisers that buy across, uh, you know, just like they would buy multiple radio stations or they might buy multiple TV stations, you know. Obviously, political candidates want every vote, so they use everything. But, uh, but you know, it, it depends on that, you know, and it's sort of what's the what's best serves that business to help them be successful. So which venue, which audience, demographics play a part, you know, advertisers are wanting more information because they want to hit, mm -hmm. the, hit the target. I mean, they want to bring in customers and, and, uh, and grow their business. So that's, and we've tried to be different. So if somebody wants a specific, they don't necessarily buy, which is traditional, the mass media, you know, mm -hmm. with, with, with something like the daily, you've got everybody 
but you know, is everybody your customer? And that was where business support was like, you want CEOs, you want business owners, you don't have to buy everything to get 10%. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I, I think there's an opportunity for what Ralph does and what we do because uh, newspaper circulation is way down. Way down. And, and people, they're buying numbers in some cases and the numbers for newspapers are down. And uh, television has uh, remained constant as a force, but now people have these devices where they're skipping past the commercials <laughs> when they tape their favorite program, so they're not even seeing the commercials. But I, I think when somebody picks up a copy of Business Report or 225 or Tiger Rag, they're going to see the ads, and when somebody listens to our, our news, they're going to hear the ads. And so I think we've got a place at the table which remains substantial. Jim, how do you divide your time between being a business person and still being a journalist? <laughs> well, it's it's sometimes a balancing act because there are just so many hours in the day and uh, you, you have to uh, think about uh, what is most important. And in my case, one of the most important things is our business. Without that, nothing else is really uh, important. But, but I love doing the shows and uh, I, I love being a part of the uh, conversation. So I'd like to continue uh, doing this for a little while, and we'll see how it works out. Well, I, I want to take a break real quick and, and sort of switch gears. Y'all, maybe this will eliminate your personalities a little bit more, not that we haven't gotten a good feel for you already, but tell me what is the most influential or important book you've read in the past year, say, and why? So there's one that I'm reading now. Uh, it's called Chasing Daylight. And it's about a successful CEO that uh, uh, found out that he has cancer. Mm. And so the idea is he changes his perspective because he has a limited time left. Mm -hmm. And so you really start to evaluate priorities and uh, he kind of, you know, turns the company over and he was the, the, the head. And so he quickly makes transition and then he starts uh, focusing and spending time and doing things. Uh, the things the that really matter. Love. Yeah, and so it's kind of like, wow. wow, you know, I have the time so now. so. It's something you know makes you stop because again you you know I've been doing this a long time now uh, over 40 years since I first got into the media and 35 now years this here with Business Report but uh, you know you you got to stop and smell the roses enjoy the time because I've uh, you know been to funerals of friends who are 50 something years old and their wives tell me we were just a few years away from you know retiring getting ready to start traveling and we never got to do that. I interviewed a, a gentleman uh, who's written a book called Fitter Faster. I and like that. <laughs> so I like Stephanie, that. Stephanie, I know you're into physical fitness, and that's another thing. I think with our obligations, it's always important to to work out and stay physically fit. And um, uh, this guy had some interesting observations about aerobic activity can be actually more beneficial, uh, or actually uh, weight training can be more efficient than uh, aerobic activity. Okay. But there's a balance. Need both. And uh, I was in a car accident 13 years ago and it's kind of changed my workout habits but I've tried to stay the course and uh, I, I think it's important to, to be somewhat physically fit to, and be behind that microphone. You never know what's going to happen. That's right. You're doing a good job. You mentioned Baton Rouge, uh, Rolf, and how it had changed. What have been some of the biggest changes that y'all have seen in your years here and, and is this a good place to do business and what could we do better? Well, uh, you know, Really, in Louisiana, and Jim may know more about the state, but having uh, looked at the state as a whole, I mean, the corridor is definitely, um, you know, sort of the place to be, but specifically, Baton Rouge is the hot spot. 
Uh, we have all the numbers. I mean, Lake Charles is certainly doing well right now. But, uh, you know, I think Baton Rouge is the strongest market uh, by far. Baton Rouge, New Orleans. Lafayette is certainly struggling. New Orleans has got a lot of activity, but, you know, hasn't ever come back to where it was uh, uh, pre-Katrina. But I think that, you know, for me, I've just seen Baton Rouge over the years. It moved, and this is, I was talking to some people in another city and how, you know, I stopped at Krispy Kreme the other day on the way to the <laughs> airport, you know, on Plank Road. And, you know, I know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that book at the time, you know. But uh, having the Krispy Kreme in man, Plank Road used to be a thriving spot. My uncle had a grocery store, food town up there on the corner Plank and Airline. And, and uh, there was just so much activity, as I said, my dad graduated from Astruma. But, uh, you know, to see the change, all the car dealers are all now south, you know, along Airline yeah. Highway. And to watch them move over the years, to watch Cortana Mall, which was one of the highest producing malls in the country, mm -hmm. when it was built to mm -hmm. now being sold for $7 million and having the Sears close and the Pennies close. And, and the Macy's. I, you know, it's like, whoa, man, you know, this is just, Florida Boulevard used to be active. and. I am happy to see downtown because in my day growing up, downtown was thriving and it died for that 20 years and then it's come back strong. So things can change. I mean, what they're doing with the Intergy sure. building on, you know, uh, Government Street now to see that infill happening in the housing downtown. So I'm, I'm seeing some good trends, uh, you know, the riverfront and all that. Um, uh, got to even tour the dock the other day with the uh, the Water Institute. Mm -hmm. There will be a, a renovation of the dock and a new building and that eyesore going very soon. So, um, you know, those kind of things I, I've seen that are, that are exciting. I mean, I think again, for business, it's definitely, I hear a lot of things coming, uh, you know, as far as industry still, the LNG and those projects. So I think the corridor and particularly Southwest Louisiana gonna be strong. A lot of our businesses here benefit because they build those plants mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah. so so that's the good thing and and they've done a lot of business and I even talked to one who says he does business all over the country now because he done did such a good job here that these different plants and in industries use them elsewhere so it's really mm -hmm. helped our uh, local companies uh, boom so yeah. what about you Jim well I worked downtown from uh, 1983 to 2003 and uh, most of those years those were the could, dead years. <laughs> you could shoot a cannon down 3rd yeah. Street and not hit anybody yeah. and so it's it's blossomed and uh, it really is a special place and it's a place in Baton Rouge where you can see people of all kinds mingling together which is good. Which is not the mm -hmm. situation mm -hmm. in all and parts of Baton Rouge. That's true, that's true but, uh, but we need to replicate that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, there's a there's a magic there that needs to be bottled and, and, and put elsewhere but uh, to this point uh, we've got some challenges in other parts of town and, and as Rolf said a lot of it is just a shift it went from downtown to Cortana mm -hmm. now back to downtown and mm -hmm. let's hope we keep the good things and improve the uh, the things we need to well I would love to talk about this all day because <laughs> now it's really getting good but unfortunately we have to go so Rolf McAllister and Jim Engster you all are media icons in this community and bring unique insights and products to the market thanks for sharing your insights today on Out to Lunch thank you thank you Stephanie my guests today on Out to Lunch have been Rolf McAllister owner of Louisiana Business Inc and Jim Engster owner of the Louisiana Radio Network you can find out more about Louisiana Business Inc. and the Louisiana Radio Network by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. 
Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at mitchellforeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, it's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Want convenient banking features like mobile check deposit? Whitney Bank's mobile app has you covered. Start by opening your checking account online at HancockWhitney.com. Then download the app to bank anytime, anywhere. Member FDIC.